Ken Magus, his career has been diverse, exciting, and fortunate. Circumstances have allowed him to work with senior professionals at Apple, Google, Microsoft, Intel, and most notable tech firms. As cryptocurrencies are becoming more popular, many people are holding cryptocurrency, and the current payment network doesn't make it easy to spend that. He's here to change it. Hamilton's Reserve is truly innovative financial account that redefines the way that customers save, pay, and invest in crypto. Hamilton's management team is comprised of payment industry innovators with deep technology and security expertise. Please welcome Ken. All right, Ken. And you know, it's a real honor to have you here. You are master technology genius, and you've done a lot of work with Apple, Google, Microsoft, Intel. And, you know, your intro was beyond all the things that you've invented. But I'm really interested in this conversation. I know a lot of people are into crypto and and the different way that the whole money system is changing, right? And so the things that we see now are going to be a little different. But you started something that's really innovative, and and it's called Hamilton's Reserve. And maybe you could like open that up and talk about what that is and what you're doing and where you're at with it. I'm happy to tell you about it. So in 2019, late 2019, when COVID started to lock us all down, I decided that I wanted to learn as much as I could learn as quickly as I could learn it about how cryptocurrency worked and specifically how the technology that's below cryptocurrency, which is the blockchain technology, how those things work and how they were going to inevitably disrupt traditional channels of money and payments industries that I've worked in for over 25 years. And so the way that I decided to learn about it was just to start trading crypto. So I purchased a nominal amount of Bitcoin units. I I think it was a thousand dollars worth, a thousand US dollars worth. And looking at the market trends and, and how things were trading, I would get in and out of a position just like anybody would if they're day trading uh, a stock that trades on the New York Stock Exchange. The difference with crypto is it trades 24 hours a day. (laughs) So sometimes the best opportunities to trade would be, I I live in Chicago, so the best opportunities would be like 3 a.m. Central Time where it was, let's say it was two in the afternoon in China and somebody was making a big trade in China and I was sound asleep and I couldn't take advantage of seeing that activity. So I got into the Bitcoin trading market when you could buy a full Bitcoin for 14,000 US dollars. I traded it from the day it went from 14,000 up until the day that it hit 65,000. And that was about 18 months, pretty close to 18 months. And when I got out of it, I couldn't tell you why 65,000 felt 
like it was the right place to get out. It was more of a hunch and also just looking at the numbers and the indicators. And ultimately it plateaued at 67,000 and now it's back down to about 20,000 where it's been for, oh heck, about six months, I would say. So I stopped trading and I had accumulated a pretty substantial amount of Bitcoin. And I was trading with my, my kid brother, who's in his 50s, <laughs> as opposed to me, I'm in my 60s. And, and my brother said to me, now that we have all these Bitcoins, how do I buy a hamburger at McDonald's or how do I buy a pizza from Domino's? And that was really the beginning of the Hamilton's project. And when I involved my business partner, who's an ex-Microsoft sales engineer who lives in Seattle, and we started thinking about how we could build a payment card that you could use at a McDonald's or you could use at dominoes.com and you could buy what you want using your crypto without having to go through a crypto exchange and having to sell your crypto, liquidate your crypto and move the crypto onto the card, which is how all the rest of them work. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that really makes sense. So this this really is your idea. You're, you're the technologist, and you've, you're really creating what people need that are in the crypto and how they can use this money. Well, exactly. Right? So, well, so, so for example, Chipotle has a a thing where you can go to Chipotle and you can buy, and it's you know more of a gimmick, I think, than a real financial thing. But you can buy your burrito with your bitcoins and and the way it works is you have to sell your bitcoin let's say ten dollars worth of your bitcoin in the market at the spot price and then once you've sold it they move the ten dollars onto your visa card you swipe your visa card through the cash register and it's just like you used your regular bank card to buy the burrito but what you've done is you've created a taxable event because you sold your coin assuming you sold it at a capital gain. And you've also paid a pretty high fee to convert your Bitcoin into fiat currency to buy the burrito. Our approach is totally different. So the the crypto is in like a bank account and it's like a mobile app, like it's in this cloud and then you, you the card is going to access it, sell it, do all of that inside of the program? Well, that's how... Most of the big card programs work like Coinbase uh, or Go.com. The difference is with our system, what we do is we look at your Bitcoin account. And if you have, let's say you're buying a $10 burrito, you have, and you have $20 worth of Bitcoin in your account with us. And it's just in a, in a Bitcoin wallet. We right. would authorize the transaction when you swipe your card at the uh, Chipotle and we'll create what's called a smart contract, which is essentially uh, a very quick piece of paper that says you owe us $10, you, the buyer, owe us $10 and we'll pay Chipotle $10. So Chipotle doesn't want Bitcoin, they want fiat currency. So we give the fiat currency to Chipotle, 
they give you the burrito and you now owe us $10 like you would owe your credit card company $10. Oh, okay. So you're giving the crypto and then... So you don't have to sell your crypto. You just, uh-huh. have, you just have to wrap your crypto with a smart contract and it goes into escrow. Kind of like a home equity loan. Uh-huh. So we've we've got collateral, which is your crypto, and you owe us ten dollars. If you never pay us the ten dollars, we're gonna liquidate your crypto. If you pay us late, we're gonna charge you interest, just like your bank does on a credit card, but instead of being twenty-four percent interest, it'll be something closer to ten percent interest because we have a secured asset. It's not an uncollateralized loan like a credit card is. Okay. All right. So so is there like an annual fee to it or, you know, how are you guys making your money? How do you guys make yeah. your money with that? Yeah. So good question. No, we don't anticipate annual fees, although that is yet to be decided. What The way we'll make money, there's really multiple ways we'll make money, but the primary way we'll make money is just on net margin on the interest. So if we're collateralizing your $10 and you take a year to pay us and we're charging you 10%, you know, we'll make a dollar on that card. <laughs> right, uh, right. Or, or 20, I guess. But if you buy something like an air conditioner, your air conditioner breaks and it's a thousand dollars, you know, we'll make $10 and 20 cents or a hundred dollars. It depends on how much people spend. So you know, the way credit card companies traditionally make money is, yes, they have fees, but their primary income source is on the net interest margins that they get. And we want to offer people loans at a much lower rate than credit card companies do, especially people that are trying to save and create net worth for themselves by using cryptocurrency, although it doesn't have to be cryptocurrency. It could also be gold or it could be a home equity loan. As long as we can digitize that asset and create some digital equivalent that we can lend against and we can use as collateral, we really don't care if it's cryptocurrency or not. Oh, okay. That changes the story a little bit. So so you actually have a loan component and you could have you know, property, real estate, and then take a loan out, right? Which you yeah. probably probably have lower fees than where there, everything is headed right now. Would you say that? Oh, lower by half. Lower by half. Yeah, well, that's that's great. You know, it, it the whole crypto world is a little confusing because it's being muddied with all the things that are happening with money shifts, but. And I just want to know what your thought is on it, because the feds are going to come out with the Fed coin, right? We hope so. In December. You hope so, because that'll work for your card? Is that what yes, you and, and, and also, I think it's good for America. Because? Well, so federal coins, which are typically called CBDCs or central bank uh, coins, are coming to most countries. Like China's been doing it for nearly four years. But China has a a digital yuan. That's their currency. Uh-huh. And I'll just give you an example where it's in America's interest to have our own um, central bank coin. Up until six months ago, if 
China wanted to buy oil from Saudi Arabia, they had to take their yuan, they had to go into the forex markets, and they had to liquidate their yuan into U.S. dollars and pay the forex fees, which would be very expensive, and then send the Saudis some sort of a U.S. treasury note or a U.S. swift wire, because that was the only thing the Saudis would accept as valid payment for their oil, and then they would ship the oil to China. But six months ago, the Saudis decided after three plus years of China having their own cryptocurrency, which is the digital yuan, or uh, I think it's called ECNY, is that they'll allow the Chinese to pay in that format so they can bypass the U.S. dollar in buying their oil. Right. So from what I've heard, and I've heard a lot of sides on this, that this would literally wipe the dollar out because they want to create one currency for the whole planet, right? I mean, that's where it's headed, don't you think? Yeah, well... It's, it's a it's it's a great question. And <laughs> it's complicated, I know. <laughs> it's very complicated, and we probably don't have enough time to talk about right. all the implications of that. But suffice it to say that right now the U.S. dollar is the strongest currency in the world. I mean, right. it's against right. the pound. It's strong against the euro, and you know, as much as people are having trouble in the U.S., you know, making ends meet and paying their bills because we have a lot of inflation, like a lot of countries do. It's still the world's safest currency, and it's still the global currency right. of the world. Right. When, that, when that changes, and if we allow it to change as Americans, we lose the leverage that we have right. like Saudis to say, hey, don't sell oil to China. We're not right. going to give them U.S. dollars. Well, the Saudis will say, well, we don't care. We're not going to take their U.S. dollars anyway. We're going to take their digital coin. Right, right. So I think that the U.S. feds have to develop their own currency so that if if people want to trust that the U.S. dollar, whether it's a digital dollar or a paper dollar, is the, the safest dollar, we have to be competitive on a global stage. Okay, so I see what you're saying. So it's not, you know, the stories that you hear about ESG tied to, you know, if you're a good person, then you get a credit score and all of that. That's a different scenario, right? Totally. The, the The difference between that and what we're discussing doesn't have anything to do with your credit score. It's just that instead of the U.S. mint printing physical dollars and minting physical coins, they're going to mint digital coins. Okay. Okay. So the whole everything would stay the same, apparently. Right. right. It doesn't okay. change the math. It just changes the way the coins are generated. Oh, okay, okay. So, is Bitcoin really accepted everywhere now? I mean, when you know you go, to, or is it just certain restaurants in certain places? Is well, it really I, gotten that common? I would say Bitcoin isn't accepted anywhere. <laughs> okay. Right no, except I think the country of El Salvador, <laughs> because Bitcoin is a very slow chain. The chain operates, the technology that underlies the Bitcoin requires a very high degree of validation. It's also very secure, but it takes, if I wanted to send you $100 worth of Bitcoin, it could take up to four hours. Oh, okay. And when you're standing in line at 
Chipotle or at McDonald's, they want you to make that purchase in four-tenths of a second. <laughs> right, right. There's right. a lot of people behind you. So yeah. there are other cryptocurrencies and other blockchain technologies that are more conducive to commerce than Bitcoin. Bitcoin is more of a hedge, in my opinion, against inflation or against uh, some sort of a disaster than it is a good mechanism for you and I to do business or for you to do business with a, a restaurant or a merchant or a vendor. That's interesting because, you know what, I'm, I have a very limited, I'm in the safe money side. So I always, and I, and I did get, I did check a little crypto mine one time and, and lost money on that. But I really don't, I'm, I don't do a lot of risk. And so I always thought I, that was the first time that I've heard that crypto could be a hedge against inflation. Maybe you could r- unwrap that. Why would that be? Well, in the same way that gold is. Um, really? Oh. Yeah, be, because its value is what its perceived value is. And so historically, if you look at gold, and gold has a very long history and a long tail, so that's a good thing to compare it to. When currencies are depreciating, gold is typically increasing in value. Right. And so a Bitcoin is really no different than gold in the sense that what makes it valuable is that it's scarce Mm -hmm. and there's a limited number of them and people trust that it has value. Wow, that's that's really interesting because I've had a I didn't have that perspective. So that's a little mind opening. (laughs) (laughs) So worked out that way yet. In other words, right now the crypto markets, the cryptocurrency markets are still kind of adjusting to, um, you know, fear of missing out and being right. kind of, it's like a hurricane, you know, it washes away all the garbage and then mm-hmm. you have to kind of going through that rebuilding stage like in Florida right now. So right. I, I believe it's going to come back and it's going to come back really strong, but it doesn't affect my business. Like the value of a Bitcoin has no bearing on the value of my business. That's great. So are banks and credit unions, there? are they up to speed to use this as like as a platform so that you guys can just take off with your Hamilton cash and, and open up all those doors? Well, that's, that's another excellent question. So the, the term for that is banking as a service or B-A-A-S. Okay. And the way our platform works is any bank that wants to incorporate our mechanism and issue a card against a customer's crypto holdings can do so by plugging our software into their existing bank infrastructure. That is cutting edge. You, you're at the top of the wave here. I really think so, right? Well, we hope so. <laughs> Right. And you were telling me you're going to this, the big convention in, in Vegas, right? Yes. And, but a lot of people are not doing what you're doing. You know, a lot of people are trying to do these different crypto processes, but you're, you're really getting inside of it and allowing customers to be able to access their, use the crypto, right? As collateral 
right to buy stuff that's maybe a simple way to put it my my brain right yeah, no it's exactly right because oh, good. a lot of people in today's economy are balance sheet rich and they're cash poor yeah so let's right. say somebody has $10,000 worth of gold or $100,000 worth of gold and they only have $1,000 in their bank account right cash money and right. they want to buy a Rolex watch, and the Rolex watch is $10,000. So they could sell some of their gold, and then they could wait for the gold sale to happen, and then they could take the proceeds from their gold sale, and they could buy the watch. Mm-hmm. But if that bank vault is connected to our card program, we can collateralize $15,000 worth of their gold lend them $12,000, they can pay with that card at the cashier for that Rolex. And all of that happens in less than half a second. That's great. Really? That's very, very good. Creative, (laughs) for sure. So, and that works, that works with real estate. So you're going to get, you're going to work on lending options and things that people can collateralize their properties and their real estate to do the same thing, right? Right. Any, anything that you can consider to be an asset class can be turned into a tokenized, fungible thing that you can borrow against as long as there's the mathematics behind it to create the tokens that equal the thing that you're collateralizing. So each ounce of gold has a certain number of tokens attached to it, or each $10,000 worth of real estate has a token attached to it. Okay, this maybe I'm maybe I'm getting too complicated in this question, but but the value of the of you know everything's rising and falling in the crypto world or real estate world. So, mm-hmm. what do you just lock in in the moment at that time of the value of what it is? But let's say that's the value, and then you know we have a crash and it goes way down. How does that? How uh, do you, is that? You are you are smart. <laughs> Thank you. That's an excellent question. Thank so. You. What we do is we establish a loan-to-value ratio. If you think about it this way, when you use your credit card to buy something, you have no asset behind it. So let's say you go to Walmart, you buy a $400 TV, and you go broke. Walmart has no way of getting that money from you because you don't have it, right? Right. And that's why the interest rates are very high because it's a very risky loan. Mm-hmm. In our case, if let's say you have $100,000 worth of Bitcoin, well, we're not going to loan you 100000 We may only loan you twenty or 25000 So if it crashes, we're still protected. Now, if it crashes all the way to zero, that's a risk we take. Mm-hmm. But... We, we do mathematical analysis to come up with loan-to-value ratios that we think are protectable and sustainable. Very cool. Well, this whole paying, you know, crypto just got really easy. Right. And, that, that's our, yeah? our goal. Right. I bring you back to my brother's question, <laughs> which was, how do I buy a hamburger at McDonald's with my crypto? Right. Right. It has to be that easy. Make it easy for everybody. Right. Yeah. Very cool. And so those kinds of things are only possible because of the technology below the cryptocurrency, which is the blockchain. Uh In other words, the cryptocurrency is just 
the mechanism that allows me to move money to McDonald's, but it's the blockchain underneath it that's actually doing all the work. So it's the blockchain. This is very, you know, primitive kind of a question because I'm not techie, but the, the blockchain is, is the movement. Uh, the, the Bitcoin is the, you know, the surface, but the blockchain can be used for other things. Um, Absolutely. It's, uh, it's a process like, like. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So I guess a good way to think of it is, is like the blockchain itself is, is a secure network. Uh-huh. So in the future, we could oh. be using blockchains to connect our phone calls. We could be using blockchains to get our cable service. We could be using blockchains for a lot of things. So it's like a, it has, it's like a VPN sort of. Well, it's just, it's, it's, it's a network. No. Okay. And, and so it's a very secure, and, and the thing about it is it's a decentralized network. And so in theory, nobody, right. nobody rules over it at all. Right? All the participants yeah. are equal owners. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And so yeah. if you look at the traditional payment method today, which is Visa and MasterCard, they own their own network. They make all the profits and everybody right. accepts that all over the world. But if mm-hmm. You asked me how things are going to change as blockchains and other kinds of technology like that start to permeate into big box retail stores like Walmart or Target or online stores like Amazon. Then if they start accepting payments over blockchain networks, they can circumvent the Visa MasterCard network. They can charge lower prices because they're paying smaller fees. There you go. Boy, cutting edge, Ken. Really? Did I get everything, all those questions? Do you have anything maybe that I might have missed that you want to share with everyone? I just thank you for asking me real good questions because they were smart questions. And, you know, most people don't have the patience to you know, <laughs> think about it. And- right. It's complicated. <laughs> right. right. Well, I'm, you know, I'm in the money nine one world and I always like bringing great guests with cutting edge ways. And I always... You know, my limited point of view was, you know, I I don't like risk or mar- loss, but you know, you gave me a different point of view about crypto and a hedge against inflation and a new cutting edge card. I, I it's exciting, and and we'll look forward to having you come back and maybe break it down more as you guys get developed and start to blast off and and become a household name. How about that? I would love to do that, and I would be uh, flattered and honored, and I appreciate that you even found me on LinkedIn. That's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's a God thing for sure, because it's like attract like, and, and I think a lot of good people are, you know, downloading innovative ideas and, and shifting what's going on with everything. I mean, as the world could still crumble, but people still prosper at the same time. So choose your path, right? I think the Chinese say that um, out of chaos comes great order. That's right. Absolutely. Well, we'll we'll pause there and we'll look forward to, to seeing you on the next round. There's so much to learn about healthy money. I hope today's discussion brings you one step closer to securing and protecting your future. So you can get started on the right foot, go to meetwithchrismiller.com and schedule your free financial fitness strategy session. 
Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to Money 911 so you don't miss our next episode, which includes health, wealth, and peace of mind.